Welcome to the third Scott M. and Oz podcast. I want to set the scene a little bit. It's um, end of June, and uh, we've just spent the last four or five days in the beautiful city of Sarajevo in Bosnia Herzegovina. And um, Manaz has just finished a um, fascinating um, group of panel discussions on on memory and why remember is it, it was the title. And um, all the talks were uh, affected in one way or another, regardless of what the topic was. By this setting, it's a, a beautiful city by any stretch of the imagination, I mean, compared to any city in the world. But with uh, a, a, um, a recent violent history and uh, lots of uh, intriguing histories throughout the last 100 years. So <coughs> um, how did you feel about the, uh, the conference? Yeah, hi, Scott. Hi. Um, I'm, you know, I'm still kind of thinking about what happened at the conference because it was so intense incredibly powerful and what I like about this conference is that it's not just academics it's artists photographers documentarians um, <coughs> people who really are doing war a genocide um, and digging deeper and deeper into what it means to remember and if it really means anything to remember so I have a lot of questions and you know, these conferences are not really about giving a paper or listening to a session. It's, it's about filling in your void of your own knowledge and your perspective and, and allowing yourself to have your own thinking be de deconstructed or completely changed in a way that wouldn't be before. So I think this... Did you feel like... Uh at least in your own talk and when, when you talk to other people that um, you were informed a little a little bit by the being immersed in this environment of Sarajevo? Yeah, I mean, Sarajevo is a very powerful, intense city with a history that goes back to the Ottoman empires, but also modern history where World War I started. Um, of course, World War II, how it was under the Nazis, and then the recent massacre, not at, not just in Srebrenica, but 92 and 93 of Eastern Bosnia. And it just, it holds a very powerful, intense history for me because it covers everything. It covers Islam, it covers genocide, it covers Holocaust, it covers everything that I do. And it also is a Muslim city where I'm free to be a Muslim the way I want to and also see beautiful synagogue preserved and Orthodox Church, Catholic Church, many mosques, minarets. Yeah, for those who are unaware <coughs> of Bosnia and Sarajevo in particular, is that you know it's um, it's a heavily Muslim-oriented population, but um, perhaps unlike other Muslim populations, or at least majorities, um, the Islam is here. It's palpable. I mean, there is the Azan flowing through the valley throughout the, the day but um, it's not oppressive in any way I mean there's great uh, cafe life here and uh, party life if you want it nightlife etc uh, amazing intellectual activities um, 
certainly a lot to do with memory, but just uh, art, uh, craftsmanship. It's a, a, a really uh, electric city, and, and it's even though it's you know it's small, it's not it's not New York, but it's uh, electric. It's uh, on a human scale. I feel that Sarajevo and Istanbul did, at least for me, for some time, represent what Islam is, which is freedom, freedom of expression, do what you want, um, yet have the option of keeping your faith. And I think that's what I <coughs> really love about Sarajevo. But I also love the scenery. I love the hills, the mountains, which also have very kind of deep, sort of seated uh, war memories. Yes. I think I, I saw a lot of um, uh, artillery um, remnants. And th there is some one amazing thing that they've done is that uh, um, the city was bombarded by artillery during the war, uh, the recent war, and there are many places where they use, in a really dramatic fashion, they use a red resin to mark um, places. places where the bombs came down. It's, and you can see, the, you can imagine the human toll, to, uh, human toll because some of them are right in like open markets, for instance. Right, and you can see shrapnel on buildings, but I mean, they've done a marvelous job of reconstruction of the city, and we were we had the opportunity of, um, because of the conference and because of the Warm Festival, which is a local art festival with films and exhibits, to see, you know, the before and after of Sarajevo, and it's pretty incredible what they've done. And I think they've done this because um, it really cares about preservation, which is something you don't see in a lot of a lot of the part of the world I come from, which is Asian Muslim, where we don't really spend the time to surround ourselves with aesthetics. And part of it is money, but part yeah. of it is the lack of priority. You know, you gave me the opportunity this time to chair one of the, the panels, which I thought was very sweet of you. And I was excited because um, the people that were talking on my panel were really uh, focused on how um, film, uh, sound, um, video can be, their narratives can be usurped, you know, for political purposes and whatnot. And um, <coughs> Sarajevo certainly is a place that's people have tried their best to uh, gain the upper hand uh, in terms of the narrative here, you know. Uh, uh, Serbs were always seen as the, at least in the, the recent conflict, Serbs were seen as the, you know, the oppressor, and Bosnians were just reacting in self-defense, and Croatians were, what, on the side, <laughs> getting killed. Um, so everybody tried their best to use the narrative for, to, their, to their advantage here. Yeah, I mean, it's a very special city, and that's why I came again this year and this time. <coughs> my center um, co-sponsored it and I did a bunch of stuff for the conference and presented myself and I think that also in itself is wonderful to be in a place like Sarajevo and be able to present my work on Islam and what I'm doing about trauma and memory myself. Did you find it interesting that um, at least in some of the, the talks that I, I was uh, they talked about whether or not memory is is good 
<laughs> whether it's healthy. I thought that's what it brought up some interesting questions whether or not it's doing us any good. Yeah, because, you know, genocide is ongoing. Well, one thing I, w I wanted to mention in the panel that I didn't because they had a lot of people From talking. this morning, yeah. Yeah. Um, about whether we should remember. I mean, I teach the Holocaust, so we shall not forget. Right. But um, I think one thing that we kind of miss in all of these genocides is the stories of rescue. Mm -hmm. The stories of rescue are the pivotal moment where I think memory is very important, even at a time where, and I, and I presented a paper last year on, on um, narratives, and so one of the narratives was a Bosnian woman who was actually rescued by a Orthodox priest. <coughs> and she, and my question was, what does she remember? Does she remember the rescue, or does she remember the destruction? And I think that's why I do so much work on rescue. Uh, for right. example, Besa, the Albanians rescuing Jews, or even Jews who rescued um, uh, Bosnians here, uh, because they remembered that Bosnians rescued Jews in right. Sarajevo. Right. So I think I think there's a context about memory, and it's about how we look at memory. I think. Um, most majority of people are not like me who are obsessive about these things and they're going on their, about their lives but if we can get the lessons of humanity across which means you know not to be racist not to be prejudiced the broader picture I think really does help well I want to say this is one of the cities you could do it in I, I mean <coughs> as I was saying I don't think religion sort of is bonked over your head here but the city is exciting because Religion is, is definitely palpable in its institutions. There's mosques and everywhere and uh, Christian churches and, and some synagogues, certainly. <coughs> but then there's this really interesting political, hardcore European um, style, you know, about the, uh, the architecture here. Some uh, early century architecture, some new, modern, and lots of interesting graffiti that I think it's interesting that they've they've allowed to keep you know to remain because mm -hmm. they're really making political statements and I feel that it's a very political place it's a very religious place but people are allowing it to be there but at an arm's length mm -hmm. what do you think arm's length in terms of well, it's it's there for everyone to see, almost like a museum piece, you know. But um, and of course, obviously, faithful people are are living uh, their religious lives. But um, as a outsider, you can see all these um, faiths coming together here, and the politics coming together here. But uh, people are still, I think, very interested in keeping their individuality and their humanity ahead of everything else. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what faith teaches you too. I mean, is you can be a Muslim, you can be a Jew, you can be Christian, Hindu, atheist, whatever you want, um, Buddhist, but first comes your, you know, your accountability as a human being in living in a community with people who have other values. Yeah. Now, 
How about something fun? I'm talking about the food a little bit. Okay. How are you feeling about the food here? I love the food here. Um, for me, <coughs> the most important thing is that everything is halal. Yes. I had veal. I had lamb. I had chicken. I have beef. Um, and it's so tender. It's made really well. It's very simple food, yet it's so tasty, the meat. I think part of it is how they make the meat. I also love the fact that they have cured meat. Yes. And it's fully beef, and the Muslims are selling it to you. I mean, just... Tell them about the marketplace. Just, I'm just saying, just for the, li <coughs> the listener, we live in New York, and we don't eat pork, and uh, but we're definitely carnivores, so we go through... And we eat, like, our sausages and whatnot, and we're always worried. Uh, what's what's in this? Is it pork and whatnot? And um, we went to a meat market here, and I asked that question. It was our first day, and he says, well, I'm a real Bosnian... There's never going to be pork here. <laughs> and we're like, That's he said, great. no, he said, I'm a Muslim, not a real Bosnian. No, he said Bosnian. a real Bosnian. Oh, okay. And well, it was interesting. And uh, so it's like for someone who doesn't eat pork that's listening to this, this is your place. And it likes meat. You know, this is your place. Uh, amazing smoked sausages. And um, maybe you can describe the, the, the sort of typical Bosnian meal. Yeah, it's just, it's like non- you know, everyone knows naan, like a thick bread. Um, it's not as hard, it's softer. And then you get raw onions with tomato. Mm. They Sal love salivating or they love, uh, they love uh, yogurt or they like what they call cream cheese, which is kind of a soft, um, soft butter cream with kind of thing. Yeah. Yogurt. Condiment. Yeah, and then they have their elaborate dishes like lamb and the potatoes are to die for. Oh my god! Um, you can get a snack. It's very cheap. Um, you walk so much that it doesn't matter what you eat. Yeah, it is walking. I feel city. like it's Venice that way. Yeah, as people who know us know, we love Venice because of that. Like I say, human scale and the walkability. This is definitely one of those places. And you know, if one day it's raining, like it has been here, you can jump in a cab and you're one side of the town to another for, you know, five marks, which right now is about $2.50. So it's very, I just want to mention that it's a very affordable city. Probably won't be forever. Um, but for now it is. And um, any closing thoughts on Sarajevo? I mean, I know we had a great time here. Um, I, I, I really am going to miss it. Uh, I get very attached to places, especially when I know so much about the history and I um, really like the people. I think we need to talk about the people a little bit. I met this woman last year, and I went to, I just bought some, you know, knickknacks for my family last year, and I happened to take my family there this afternoon, and she wants to have a coffee with me when I come back on our way back from Mostar and, and Split. And it's just the way people are, like, are you cold, so I get you a blanket? You yeah. want some I've heard coffee here is coffee in two hours of conversation. So. Yeah, and it's just, it's got this friendly feeling, and they don't care if you don't speak the language. They're very adaptable. Um, I had a joke with the grocery store guy this morning, because he kind of recognizes me, and I didn't, I, I didn't want to break my 50. He didn't want to give me a change, so I said, okay, so who wins? And he starts laughing. Mm -hmm. Um, he won, of course. Um, <coughs> but, you know, there's that feeling of you don't 
feel like you're imposing on them. I want to say also in terms of a civility, um, some of a, some people listening to this in the United States probably don't see this as civil, but you can smoke anywhere here. <laughs> They're not. They haven't uh, bought into that whole. Uh, routine about not smoking. And so. they're healthy. Oh yeah. Um, they're, they're very big. healthy people, and they're tall. They're very most, I'd say. They're I'm not fat. They're no, no, tall. No, I'm, I'm <coughs> six feet tall, and I found myself feeling short. I mean, the average Bosnian man walking around here was about six three. I, I thought that was interesting. Must be all the protein. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, part of it is genetic, but I mean, it's also you know they're they're from the hills. I mean, people in the hills, like my northern people, are tall and big and structured, but sure. um, they walk everywhere. They seem very easygoing. I mean, there was a dinner for fifty people last night. The restaurant people didn't seem irritated. The waiter seemed helpful. Um, <coughs> if you go to a restaurant with fifty pe people in New York City, forget it. Um, and they're just happy. Even if you want to tip, fine. If you don't, you don't. I don't yes. know. There's something about <coughs> hospitality. Yeah. There's something about the hospitality and the kind of generosity that I really, really love. I think this town, <coughs> this people, you know, they've seen some very hard times. And I think, uh, you know, I would like to think they'll continue this, this peaceful trend forever. But I do really think that they've, they've seen it. They've had enough of it, and what they really want is just to live peacefully. And that sounds trite, but that I think they really want that. I, I feel them grasping that no, civility. No, I, I think that existential condition of human beings is enough to be challenged by. Mm -hmm. So why would you want to think about war and destruction? No doubt about it. So I think that's our podcast. On to Mostar. And we're leaving for Mostar and Split um, tomorrow. And in Vienna. Vienna. And uh, we may do one of these from Vienna after and then some discussion about Freud. So thanks for listening. Thank you. This is the Scott Meadows Podcast. Thanks. <laughs>